Walter Sports Bar is excited to welcome Nationals fans back to the ballpark this spring. Located directly across the street from Nationals Park, Walters is the preeminent sports bar in Navy Yard, boasting over 35 televisions, both indoors and out. Walters is a great location to catch the Nats all season long. Walters encourages all fans to check out coronavirus.dc.gov to get up-to-date information on current dining restrictions Go Nats. It was great to see Nats fans out at the ballpark over Tuesday and Wednesday, and we hope to see you soon at Walter Sports Bar. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Newcomb rocks, kicks, and deals. Swing and a miss. Struck him out again. Three straight fastballs. He strikes out the side. And Newcomb will earn a save for the Braves as they end up sweeping the doubleheader. A wild 7-6 win in game one. They score two in the top of the seventh inning in game two and shut out the Nationals by the final score of 2 to nothing. And welcome to Nats Chat for Thursday, April 8th, 2021, Part 2, along with Nats Insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi Podcast. The Nationals have gone from 1-0 to 1-2, thanks to a doubleheader sweep to the Atlanta Braves at Nationals Park on Wednesday. We dealt with the 7-6 Game 1 loss in our previous installment of the Nats Chat Podcast. We turn our attention now to Game 2 of the doubleheader, a 2-0 loss to the Braves later on Wednesday afternoon. And whereas the National starting pitching was a big problem in game one of the doubleheader with Eric Fetty giving up six runs, five earned in an inning and two-thirds. Starting pitching, not the problem for the Nationals in the 2 nothing loss in game two of the doubleheader. Steven Strasburg was outstanding. The problem was what was supposed to be a bullpen game for the Braves ended up being a shutdown performance by the Braves. Their starting pitcher, Uwaskar Inoa, five scoreless innings, Two relievers, Luke Jackson and Sean Newcomb, do well as well. And a Nationals lineup that tattooed Max Freed earlier in the day ends up totaling just two hits and three walks as perhaps, Mark, the depleted state of the Nats with the COVID-19 protocols truly caught up to the club. Yeah, I think this is the first one where you can say it made a difference. And, you know, Davey had to decide, was he going to play everyone all three games or not? He decided not to play Zimmerman or Lucroy. For what would be, let's be honest here, three games in 25 hours. It's a lot to ask anybody, let alone veterans who are not supposed to be playing that much. And you have to protect their bodies over the long haul, especially in Zimmerman's case. So I understand why he didn't want to take that chance. And that's why you wound up with a lineup that had Andrew Stevenson hitting fifth, Aaron Perez hitting sixth, Tress Barrera behind the plate for his first career major league start. 
you know, that was a tough spot to put everyone in and, and maybe they ran out of steam. But still, like was the case in, in the first game of the day, in spite of all that, that was a game that was right there for the taking. And they didn't do it. I mean, they were not far away from sweeping this series. All things considered, that would have been a remarkable feat. You certainly would have liked to come away with two wins based on, uh, you know, the opportunities they had and, and the roster that they were dealing with. So the great news is that Strasburg looked fantastic in his first start in, you know, eight months, I think it was, since the wrist injury. So that's great. But you just hoped that, number one, they were able to scratch out a run or two against you know, not the Braves A pitching staff that they face in that game. That was the B staff. And then also you wish that Tanner Rainey in his first appearance of the year had just been able to keep the ball in the yard against Pablo Sandoval and at least given the offense a chance in the bottom of the seventh to walk it off and maybe win one nothing. With the lineup, and look, I don't know that this would have made any difference, but you have an off day on Thursday. You couldn't have started Zimmerman at first base. I mean, you had to go with Hernan Perez. Perez ends up going 0-3 with three strikeouts. I know Zimmerman and the injury history and the age, but like I said, you are off on Thursday. It is super early in the season. I mean, the guy didn't play at all last year. You don't think they could have uh, pushed that a little bit and started Zimmerman in game two of the doubleheader? I think Davey was tempted. I think he was really tempted. And in the morning in his pregame session with us, he kind of hinted at maybe they would give it a try. He basically said, let me see how he does in the first game, and then we'll evaluate at that point. And if you think back to the first game, Zim ran a lot. He was on the bases several times, and he had a kind of a wild trip around the bases, more than you'd ideally like from him. And I do wonder if at the end of that, and the game was over, and they had a conversation, and he said, yeah, I could go if you really need me, but I could probably, you know, wouldn't hurt me to have the afternoon off. And then they also then now had him on the bench to pinch hit. He wound up taking the last up out of the game and struck out against Sean Newcomb. So that didn't really work out either. But, you know, this is where it's it's tough. They're, they're in such a difficult position here. And you want to put your best foot forward and do everything you can to try to win these games. But you also have to remember the big picture. It's a long season. They need Ryan Zimmerman healthy all year long. And I think it probably was the right choice, even though it may have cost him in this game. So with the bigger picture in mind, the biggest item from this game was Strasburg. There's no doubt, especially given the various injury issues he's dealt with over the last 12 months, right? The carpal tunnel neuritis that cut his season short in 2020, the left calf situation that he dealt with during spring training. Strasburg was lights out. Six scoreless innings, eight strikeouts, gave up just one hit, a single, gave up just two walks, 85 pitches. Actually, only 48 of the 85 were strikes, but whatever. He got the job done. So good with Strasburg, he had the Nats' lone extra base hit in the game, a one-out full-count double in the bottom of the third inning. And speaking of that third inning, what happened in the top of the third? I mean, you had to like this. Now, I guess you didn't maybe like the fact that Strasburg walked a tightrope, but begins the inning with back-to-back strikeouts to Christian Pache and that brave starting pitcher, Uascar Inoa. Then Strasburg issues back-to-back two-out walks of Ronald Acuna Jr., and Ozzy Albies on a total of nine pitches. You're like, whoa, that's not good. Acuna's on, Albies is on, and Freddie Freeman is coming up to the plate. But Strasburg gets out unscathed, gets Freeman to fly out to end the threat. Strasburg had it working. There really wasn't much to not like. There weren't many nits to pick with this Strasburg outing. No, there really weren't. He has faced Freddie Freeman now more than any other hitter in his career. They know each other really well at this point. And that's to me is almost a fascinating game within the game thing there because they know what they're both going to try to do. And so how much do you just trust that you know what you're doing and just play to your strengths? And how much are you trying to fool a guy because he thinks he knows what's coming and you're going to give him something else? So I, I love that kind of stuff. And 
I thought Stephen obviously handled that well today. And, you know, big picture, that was important for him to get off on the right foot. And not that there were, I don't think there were serious doubts about him. You know, he, he looked fine in spring training. He had built himself up. He looked healthy aside from that bizarre calf injury, which I guess wasn't nearly as severe as it sounded at first. But with him, you always just want to see him take the mound in a real game, have success, not be wagging his shoulder around, his arm around, have that wincing look. And, and he didn't have that. So I thought he looked really good. You know, a month from now, Davey probably lets him go farther, obviously, only threw 85 pitches in six innings. And, you know, maybe that did hurt them in this game. But in the big picture, that's as encouraging as you could ask for. Now he'll pitch again in five days. And I think he'll be off and running now. I don't think there's really any reason to worry about him. No, I mean, his health may be the single biggest wild card for this team. It's hard to get a better start to his season than what you got on Wednesday afternoon. That, of course, though, did bring us to what happened in that seventh inning with Tanner Rainey. And look, there is a lot of optimism with Tanner Rainey. The guy is a strikeout machine. The guy was very good in 2020, but the guy also during spring training dealt with a muscle strain near his right collarbone, didn't pitch much, didn't make his Grapefruit League debut until March 21st, hadn't pitched in a game since the exhibition finale. And Rainey comes on here, gives up two runs in the top of the seventh. Now, look, your margin for error was basically zero because your offense was doing nothing. So, you know, ideally, you've scored three, four runs by this point in the game. But Rainey gives up the two runs in the top of the seventh to break the scoreless tie, gives up a two-out single. That's the thing. Rainey got two outs, but he gives up a two-out single to Dansby Swanson. And then the big blow. Pablo Sandoval has delivered his second pinch hit two-run homer of the season. Two-out, full-count, pinch two-run homer by Pablo Sandoval to dead center. And I think what really was galling about this from a Nats perspective is Rainey had Sandoval down in the count at one point, one-two. I mean, Rainey, a strikeout pitcher, two outs, you got Sandoval down, one-two. I mean, Kung Fu Panda is not what he used to be, but he obviously still has enough left in him to get off a hit like that. And then after that, Rainey gave up a walk. He issued a two-out full-count walk to Kristen Pache, despite having had him down in the count at one point, one-two. I think Rainey will end up having a good season. He is better than this, but he obviously did not do well on Wednesday. So there's a couple things here. First, I'm going to talk about is the pitch selection. He threw Sandoval nothing but fastballs. And that is a case where I wonder, because Davey mentioned afterwards, kind of in passing, that they maybe thought that slider was appropriate somewhere in there. And remember what I said before, Trace Barrera catching, first major league start. And maybe that's a case of a brand new catcher and a still younger or less experienced pitcher on the mound who wouldn't maybe take full control of the situation and shake him off or stress what, what he wanted to try to do. Now, Rainey's explanation was he, he didn't question the pitch selection. He just felt like he needed to get the fastball up in the zone more than that. And he didn't. He put it right over the plate. That's one of those that you do wonder if Jan Gomes or Alex Avila is catching. Maybe it's a different situation. Maybe you get a slider somewhere in there. Number one. Number two, it's still pretty clear. Like you said, Rainey has not you know, gotten the amount of work that he would normally have in spring training. Only a few outings. He pitches the Grapefruit League finale nine days ago. And then he was supposed to pitch in a simulated game on Wednesday before the season. And that was rained out. And then ultimately, they wouldn't have been allowed to work out anyways because of the first COVID diagnosis. So he had not faced hitters in nine days. He just didn't get the amount of work he needed. 
And he looked to me like a guy who still has another gear left to get to, and he just hasn't had the opportunity to get there yet. I agree he'll be fine in the long run, but it may be a few more of these outings to really get to where he needs to be and where he probably should be coming out of spring training but didn't have the opportunity to. Yeah, and that's a concern because if you are going to continue to be without Brad Hand due to whatever his COVID-19 situation is, you are minus the two guys, essentially, who you thought maybe would be your two best relievers this year, right? Hand isn't even available to you, and Rainey is is still trying to work himself back into shape. That's a great point, though, about Barrera. And and you think about what the Nats' catching situation was in the doubleheader. It was in game one that Lucroy had that run-scoring pass ball. So potentially defensive catcher was an issue, you know, was part of the problem for the Nationals on Wednesday. Yeah. And some stolen bases as well. And, and again, lots that's on the pitchers. But look, they're dealing with as difficult a situation as you're ever going to find. Both of your catchers unavailable to you. And you have to go with one who prior to this game had two innings of big league experience and another one who was unemployed on Saturday. So, you know, let's throw him a little bit of a bone here. And, you know, you wish it didn't have to come to that. And and again, who knows what difference it would have made, but it was not an ideal situation. And I, I do think in the end, you did see the lack of big league depth, you know, and, and, and a roster that you thought you would have coming into play. But by the same token, they acquitted themselves pretty well over that series. And it was right there for their taking at least two out of three. It only would have required a couple of other things going right. And it just didn't work out that way. Uh, And so that is a frustrating way to lose a series. Hey, are you interested in buying or selling a home? Support for Nats Chat comes to us from Rachel Levy of Compass Real Estate. By focusing on the personal parts of the real estate process and using technology to simplify the rest, Rachel seamlessly guides her clients through their experiences. Rachel uses her deep local knowledge and exceptional customer service to advocate for her clients all across D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. To find out more, Follow Rachel Levy on Instagram at Real Estate Rachel. Hey everyone, Tim Showers here, producer of the Nats Chat Podcast. Want to tell you about FanDuel. We've all had that dream. Tie game, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. Juan Soto came pretty close to that dream on opening day. Well, on FanDuel Sportsbook, you get more than one shot to swing for the fences because FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free. That's right, new users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win. And it only gets better from there. Once you have an account, you'll have access to same game parlay insurance all season long. That's up to $25 back in site credit each day if your same game parlay bet falls one leg short. I might have to have myself a Lakers-Nets same game parlay bet once LeBron returns to the floor. This way, you can combine multiple baseball bets for an even bigger win. There is a reason. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique, fun bet types like same-game parlay, and always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code CHAT to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code CHAT. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only for risk-free bet. Refund issued as non-withdrawal site credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. 
Hey, I want to let you know about D.C. Brow. D.C. Brow is gearing up for another exciting season of Nationals baseball. Washington's premier craft brewery has a deep line of award-winning beers and full transparency hard seltzers to quench your thirst through nine innings, including the Full Count Lager and the new Key Boom Crush Peach Lemonade Seltzer. Find your favorite D.C. Brow beverages on the menus at all your favorite watering holes and bottle shops throughout the season or get them directly from the brewery at dcbrow.com anytime. That's dcbrau.com anytime. Our guy Tim Shovers had some of this. He loved it. D.C. Brow, play ball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You tell us what you think. You can tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email the show, NatsChatPodcast at gmail. Dot com. So next up for the Nats, they have the off day on Thursday, then a three-game series at the reigning, defending World Series champion Dodgers this weekend. Game one is Friday afternoon, beginning at 410. We know Joe Ross will be starting, and we hope that the Nats will at least be getting back some of those who have been unavailable to begin the season due to the COVID-19 protocols. But we have no idea who might be back. We have no idea when they might be back, correct? That is correct, and it's it's a complicated situation. Davey did say that there's a chance that some of them could be back at some point this weekend in L.A. Probably not all of them, but some of them could. But here's the real complicating factor. MLB's protocols are such that you have to fly on the team charter. And if you don't, if you fly commercially, you have to go through intake testing because now you've been exposed to the public, as it were. 
And so the team left for LA after the game on Wednesday evening. And the understanding, at least earlier in the day, was that none of the players would be cleared by that point to be able to fly with them. So they're either going to have to fly commercially on their own, in which case now you may have to wait a couple of days for them to go through the intake testing before they're available. Or perhaps there's some kind of magic charter flight in the works for some of them, if they can get them out there, that would allow for it. So what I would say is you you hope that by the end of the weekend, they've got some of them back. But the fact that they named Joe Ross as Friday's starter says to me that they probably are not expecting much right off the bat, that it may be later in the weekend, or maybe, unfortunately, even until they get to St. Louis on Monday before they have at least any substantial number of players back for them. The guys who the Nats are without, nine players, they are Josh Bell, Kyle Schwerber, Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes, Alex Avila, Jordy Mercer, Patrick Corbin, John Lester, and Brad Hand. A lot of significant names in that mix. Is there one name that jumps out to you above the others, though, in terms of, boy, this guy, maybe more than the other eight, would help the most right now? Does one stand out to you or not really? Oh boy. I mean, I can name four. You know, I mean, we just talked about the catchers. It would make a huge difference to have at least one of them back. Brad Hand would make a huge difference. Again, who knows how this series plays out, but, you know, I thought he would be particularly important against the Braves. The Dodgers, with a bunch of good left handed hitters, you would like to have Brad Hand available to you for that. And then at least one of the starting pitchers, Corbin or Lester, again, lefties. Against a lefty heavy lineup, you would love to have at least one of them available to you. Like I said, the fact that Joe Ross is pitching the first game, not a great sign, although they're not naming their rotation after that. Max Scherzer should be able to pitch one of them, I believe. Let's see, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday, he should be good on five days. So they're going to need a Saturday starter. And if it's not Corbin or Lester, the only one left is Austin Voth. And that couldn't be a bad situation for them if they <laughs> if it comes to that. So um, you know, let's see. I, I guess if I had to pick one, I would say just you know, one, either Corbin or Lester. I think for this particular series would make a big difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there are many wrong answers to this. I would throw out Josh Bell though as well. Looking at that Nats lineup for Game Two of this doubleheader on Wednesday and seeing Ernan Perez as a starting first baseman, all due respect to Ernan, uh, that's not the way you draw it up. And when you're swimming in the deep waters and you're playing the big boys, and that's what the Nats are having to do to begin their season, right? They're facing the Braves, then the Dodgers, then the Cardinals. You know, Ernan Perez as a starting first baseman. That's a rough way to go. It's tough to make hay if that's what you're dealing with here. So any of those guys, though, would be welcome back. The Nats need their horses. They need their boys, as uh, Davey Martinez likes to say. And it's going to be a stiff challenge. I mean, the Dodgers are loaded. The Dodgers bludgeon you with their depth. And the Nats right now, you know, they're not ultra deep to begin with. And uh, they're scuffling from that standpoint because of this COVID-19 situation. All right. Well, we will hope that some of the Nats horses get back. We will hope that the Nats have themselves a great weekend at the Dodgers. Uh, let us know what you think. Again, at Nats underscore chat on Twitter. You can email us, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. Advertising inquiries are welcome as well. Tim Shovers, the mastermind behind all of this, waiting to hear from you again, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. And a thank you to 1067 The Fan as Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are brought to you by The Fan. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.